This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Keeping It 300. It's our podcast debut, and we are so pumped to join the Blue Wire family. I'm Fallon Smith, and I'm sitting right next to my partner in crime, James Mr. Jones. James Jones, yeah, come the on. The James Jones. There we go. There we Super go. Bowl champion. Come on now. San Jose State Hall of Fame. Come on, man. And now an NFL Network analyst. Yes. Big time, big time. I'm trying, I'm trying. We're going to get to that in just a bit. But because uh, since this podcast probably is going to be all about you, uh, no, 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 no. We're gonna make it about both. We're gonna make it about both of us. You know what I mean? We're gonna sh- we're gonna share the love. Okay. Well, let me tell y'all what I've been doing the last few months. I'm back in the game, y'all. I am back <laughs> in the game. Uh, for those who don't know, I left NBC Sports Bay Area back in May. I moved to Columbia, Missouri. Mm. To be with my husband, uh, who's on staff for the men's basketball team at Mizzou. So basically, I was being domesticated, being a housewife the last few months, which is actually crazy because I tell everybody that I'm a terrible Mexican. <laughs> so like for real, like so I'm a terrible Mexican for a few reasons, and a couple of them are the fact that I never really cooked or cleaned. <laughs> And that's how uh, I talked to you was cooking some tacos and all that. But good that's stuff, what I'm though. saying okay. because I'm, I have just became gotcha, domesticated. Gotcha. Okay. okay? Right. Uh, but I never cooked or cleaned, and mm. I'm 34 and have no kids. Mm. Okay, so I'm working on the kid thing. Uh, but the cooking and cleaning, I have been doing the last few months. I feel like I should get, you know, Wife of the Year Award the last few months. I've been doing a great job for my husband. I guess he could speak for that. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, but I will say this the last few months, I definitely have missed covering sports. Specifically, Bay Area sports. Uh, so I wanted to do this podcast to uh, stay connected, stay relevant, uh, and just have some fun with well, my good back. friend, welcome my good back. friend James Jones. Welcome back. We loved you. I'm sure the fans <laughs> missed you. They missed you out there. They're glad you're back. They get to hear your voice. Welcome back. Okay, so before we talk about James's wonderful <laughs> event coming up, Hall of Fame event. Yeah. <laughs> Let's first talk about the backstory of Keeping It 300. Keeping It 300. Go ahead. You were starting it's off. 300? 300. You know, I just, I say 300. <laughs> Keeping It 300. Man. Okay. So, uh, well, one, James and I, we always keep it real. We always keep it 100. But the reason why we chose 300, number one, uh, we both. We're number three in high school. Mm-hmm. And for those who didn't listen to our trailer for our <laughs> podcast, we went to Gunnison High School together. We met each other in 1998. So that is 20 freaking years ago, Ooh-wee. which is Come insane. On, don't, don't make me feel old. Don't I know. We, we're old. Okay, we're 34. <sighs> we're old. And so we both were number three. So we were basically like, okay, three times 100 equals 300. <laughs> but also, 
I have to show some love to you and the boys. <laughs> so take it over from there. Absolutely. Well, you know, me and the boys, we go way back. I'm extremely close to all my high school friends. You know, we got our little crew and we call it 300. You know what I mean? So you may be walking down the street and hear somebody yell Spartans and hear other people yell, oh, that means that that is my boys acting a fool. And our group is called... 300. So, yeah, we put a little 300 in there. We both wore three, so it goes back a little bit. Um, so. That's corny. Corny? I've been telling y'all that because oh, we're all still go. friends. So, it's very there rare that high school friends mm-hmm. still keep in touch yeah. and are still super close. Exactly. And we are definitely so all close. There's nothing corny about that. But I'm sorry, but that call <laughs> is like super oh, corny, Jay. You know, we walk around, people be trying to, people be trying to call out our call for us. They, they like the swag. Oh, and tell them um, what y'all all got too. Tattoos? All got 300 <laughs> tattoos, man. Some of them just got the 300 on their arm. You know, some of us got the 300 mask with the 300 going through it. Yeah, it's a brotherhood. It's family. Y'all are dummy corny. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, it's this podcast is really something that has come full circle for both of us. Because, I mean, we were born and raised in San Jose. Mm-hmm. East side for me. East side, south side for me. You are South side for you. That's cool. Uh, I went to Gunderson because I got to introduce a transfer to to Hoop. Mm -hmm. But I'm from East side San Jose. Queen (laughs) White, baby. Okay. Okay. So don't just diss the south side now. You grew up on the south side. No, I I mean, I went to high school in the the house. The south side raised you. Whatever. Uh, But anyways, this has definitely come full circle because not only did we grow up you know, uh, in the Bay Area. We love Bay Area sports, and then we both followed our dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I went to Wyoming (laughs) to start my career. I went to UCLA, by the way, and then, you know, went to Wyoming for my first on-air job, then Tennessee, and then, you know, NBC Sports Bay Area. You went to San Jose State, San Jose where you are State. now about to be honored in the Hall of Fame, which we'll get to oh, in a second. Oh, man, it's a little emotional. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah. then you were in the NFL for, what, nine years? Nine years, yep. Drafted in the third round in 07. Seems like it just flew by. Seems <laughs> like I was drafted yesterday. And then nine <laughs> years go by, and I hit the TV scene, And man. then, yes, you <laughs> have now become a member Yes, of the media. I know, the dark side. <laughs> the dark side. side. NFL mm. analyst uh, for the NFL Network, which is super awesome. And I just want to know, though, one, you used to hate on me all the time. Okay, let me just say. <laughs> I, just, when, I didn't used to hate. Nah, I just nah, used to nah, give nah, you nah. a hard time. Okay, <laughs> when you were with the Raiders, okay, in yeah. 2014, yeah. I remember because you were my guy, yeah. my go-to guy, especially after losses because we yeah. already know how 2014 started out 0-10. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring that back up, please. No. <laughs> I had to, but um, whenever there was a tough loss, I asked you, you know, uh, could I ask you a few questions, Jay? You're like, three <laughs> questions only. Well, you, well, see, this goes back to us knowing each other for 20 years, so the new guys for the Oakland Raiders might not know when Fallon gets going. Fallon is going to get 20 questions out you. So I already knew, like, oh, man, Fallon going to get me out through the locker room. I, she got three questions, and I'm out. Yeah, but not only did he just say uh, three questions, on television, on live television, <laughs> When I asked those three questions and then I had like a follow-up, he said, Fallon, I told you three. I'm like... I gotta give you the hard time. I'm like, for real, Jay, you gonna do that to me, right? (laughs) That's 
That's you know? that. And I keep you on your toes too because you ask three very good questions because <laughs> you know you got to get those three questions out. So, you Whatever. know, I'm just keeping you on your toes. Okay, so what's been the biggest challenge for you transitioning from, you know, being on the football field to now being a member of the media? Oh, man. The biggest challenge for me is I never like to hate on nobody. <laughs> Like, I mean, I I love my teammates. I love all the guys I play with. I respect everybody that plays in the National Football League, whether you're on practice squad, whether you're a pro bowl, all pro. I respect you because it's hard to get there. Yeah. So the hard part is when they, you know, say, okay, this guy's playing terrible. And it may be somebody close to you. And you're (laughs) like, oh, I can't really just trash him or do him like that. So I got to try to find a happy medium of getting on him. But yeah. at the same time, you know, kind of pumping him up, too, because, you know what I mean, he's my boy or I played against him, know him, and you don't want to bash nobody. And another another thing that's extremely hard is I was extremely close with a lot of my teammates. Yeah. So I could pick up the phone and call Jordy. I could pick up the phone and call Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, and just have a nice little conversation with him. What up, man? How you feeling? What's going on? Now when I call him, they like, Man, what you want, man, what you need. I can't, I'm like, man, I'm not calling you to do no interview or nothing. You're still my boy. You know what I mean? I'm just calling to check on you, how the family, how the kids, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, they kind of don't want to let me into the locker room and all that. So I'm like, dang, I'm really on the dark side right now. But it's all good, though. That's funny, though, because yeah. now you know how it was to not only be like me, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, during yeah. our time in 2014, mm-hmm. we knew Dennis Allen was about to get canned. Yeah. And it was crazy yeah. because I remember trying to say to myself, okay, should I ask Jay? What yeah. did he think? Yeah. Like, or should I just yeah. be his friend and ask him, you know, yeah. about the upcoming game and how he's feeling? So you now understand yeah. kind of where I was coming from yeah. because I am your friend. Mm-hmm. But I mean, dang! I need you to give me a little nugget. I uh, know, and that—that's—that's that's very true too. Because usually, like, even when I talk to guys right now, like, if you come off with a, like a serious question like that, they go in a shell. And they're like, oh, this ain't the same JJ I play with. He really working for the TV now. He trying to get, I'm like, you know, so I try to come off and make guys comfortable. And like, okay, it's the yeah. same JJ you talk to in the locker room. Just talk to me like you talk in the locker room. But, yeah, it's difficult, man. As a, as a reporter, man, as an analyst, it is hard. I talk to Charles Wilson about it all the time. I'm like, man, we on the dark side. At least I still could talk to you, man, because you over here too, man. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah, that's hard because, like you said, it's your friend, so you don't, you don't really want to get him in trouble asking yeah. certain questions and the media coming the next day, he in the paper saying, yeah, they should fire Dennis Allen. Fallon said she talked to James Jones. They should fire, you <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? So now James don't want to talk to Fallon no more. It's just all messed but up. But no, so. let's be honest. Yeah. I remember um, I, I never gave you up as like a source yeah. or whatever, you uh. know, and you never really gave me information because I never really asked you. Yeah. I actually got my information elsewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, but I remember I broke a story, and, I, and I, I'm trying to think which one it was. It was a couple of them, but I remember breaking, I think it was like the Maurice Jones-Drew breaking his hand, mm-hmm. and apparently Dennis Allen was like, who the hell gave Fallon yeah. this story? <laughs> so, I mean, you understand, like, it's so Absolutely. crazy. It's I'm crazy. I'm telling you, I know, how, I know how it is being in the locker room, like, okay, because even the coaches will get up there like, look, don't let none of this information get out. leak out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody speaks on James Jones's injury. Nobody speaks on this, speaks on that. So even as you being my friend, it's like, dang, I do. I 
could give her the news. Look, James Jones is out for the year, broke his hand. But at the same time, the coaches is like, don't give up none of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard. It's hard, man. It is hard. And then how tough is it to know some information? Because I know you know more than mm-hmm. what you're saying on TV. Mm-hmm. So when you're put in a position, a very tough position to give some information, and they ask you about a certain someone, yeah. and you know the real story, yeah. but you can't give the real yeah. story. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? So this is this is how I'll handle it because you know we all have production meetings. Yeah. So before you go on the show, you know the topics you're talking about. You know how they gonna ask you the questions and stuff on TV. You know what I mean. Yeah. So when you're in these meetings and they're like, "Okay, James, we're gonna talk about Jordy Nelson today about this," and I'm like. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that on TV about Jordy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's good or bad, but yeah. I'm just like, no, no, no. I don't feel comfortable yeah. talking about that. You know what I mean? Or they'll be like, okay, we're going to talk about this, about Randall Cobb. And I'm like, nope. I don't feel comfortable talking like that. Now, we could talk about something else about Randall Cobb, but I'm not talking about that. Mm. So I kind of kind of nip it in the butt in the production meetings just so, like, Randall and, Randall and Jordy, my friends, so I'm like, I don't want to pick up the phone and be like, JJ, you said that about me on exactly. TV. You weren't supposed to tell that story or yeah. do you know what I mean? So I'm like, no, I don't feel comfortable. And they're like, alright, if you don't feel comfortable, then we ain't gonna talk about that on TV. So that's how, that's that kind of helps me out a little bit. I get to tell them in the production meetings, like, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Okay, so you were the one who broke the Aaron Rodgers yes. contract news. Yes. He promised you he was going to give you the news, <laughs> yeah. and he gave you the news yeah. before Adam Schefter, um, which was pretty incredible. Actually, yeah. I was like, "There's somehow, some way, somebody Adam was going to backdoor me." I exactly. know. Exactly. Right. I was saying the same thing. So, yeah. what was that like? So before, man, Aaron Rodgers, man, that's my guy, man. Uh, it's crazy because. Aaron Rodgers is a loyal dude. So, like, if you always kept it 300 with him, <laughs> he is he is always going to keep it 300 with you. And respect yeah. is everything to Aaron. And he knows. We played together for eight years. Every single day I came in the building, he knew what kind of J.J. he was going to get. Yeah. He was going to get the same guy no matter what. And we, uh, we became extremely close. You know what I'm saying? He flies to Arizona, watches little James play flag football. They think they best friends and all that type <laughs> stuff. So we have a very good relationship. Yeah. So, you know, beyond just on the field throwing me the ball, he wanted to make sure I succeed off the field, too. So he was like, man, I want you to break my contract news. I'm like, man, absolutely. So he told his agent. If this gets out, man, I'm going to be highly upset. I want James to break my news. So don't go. And he told Russ Ball and all them, don't go leaking this out to nobody. I know y'all got contacts and little deals with Adam Scheffner, Ian, and all this. But I want James to break my contract. So I'm like, cool. So he called me the night before, and he said, it's about to go down. I said, right now, I'm I'm nervous and everything. I'm like, man, it's about to go down right now. He's like, no, JJ. (laughs) He's like, no, tomorrow, tomorrow. It's probably going to happen tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool. So we had the tweet ready and all that ready. All I needed to plug in was the years and numbers and all that type stuff. <laughs> because I wasn't going to break it all down like them. I just wanted yeah. to break the news. Yeah. Boom, this is what Aaron's getting. Boom. So the next day he called me. He's like, JJ, what you need to know is about to go down. And I'm like, man, I just need years and numbers. And as I said, I need years and numbers. 
my phone is blowing up off the hook while I'm on the phone. Because people with Aaron, know it's about to yeah, come. Yeah. Because okay. Adam Schefter's tweeting like they're getting close. Ian's tweeting, you know. So everybody calling me like, what's they texting me? I'm seeing the text pop. They like, what's going on? People saying it. And I'm on the phone with Aaron. And he like, <laughs> boom. Then they blowing Tamika's phone up and they all, oh all on her. God. So I'm like, Tamika's this is, his wife, by yes, the way. Tamika's is my wife. So they blowing the wife's phone up and, you know, just. She, because she has a tweet while I'm on the phone with Aaron. She's about to tweet it out. She's getting them. So they blowing. Yes, so they blowing the phone up, her phone up too. Like, what's going on? We ain't listening to nobody till we hear the story from Jones and all this. So finally, we tweeted it out and got the numbers out. And I said, Am I about to get 100 million in my bank account? Because this was stressful right now. I said, I'd have been in a lot of two minute drives with Aaron, uh, NFC championship games, Super Bowls. Never nervous. Never nervous. Do your job, catch the ball, whatever. Never nervous. I was literally nervous. My hands were sweating. I'm like, man, I'm hanging my cleats up from, from, uh, from tweeting out, reporting anything, any breaking news, no I'm more hanging my clips up. It is too stressful. I respect Scheffner and Ian for that. It's, oh it's my way goodness. too stressful trying to get all that information. That's funny out. because also, like, you want to make sure you get the numbers mm-hmm. right. Because once you press send, you press man. send. And people, you even if you make, delete it, you, they're going to screenshot you it. You want to make sure the spelling is right. <laughs> yeah. and no, I'm like, this is too stressful right here. This is why I just talk football now. I ain't getting into this. But it's, I was glad I was able to break it It's up. so funny because I remember when I would, like, break stories. And I was kind of new to it, too, coming in, in in 2013. I had worked in, like, smaller markets. And I remember when I was breaking a few stories, I would be sweating my I'm butt off you. until, like, if I said so-and-so was waived, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm like looking at Twitter. Oh my God, he yeah. better be waved. Yeah. Oh my God, is he waved? <laughs> is he gonna get waved? Yes. And so then finally, like an hour later, like the Raiders announced so and so was waved. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I'm telling you, man, I was nervous, man, because then everybody starts coming out with the numbers for Aaron, and I'm like, I hope my numbers is right. I didn't really just mess this whole thing up. But at least I was on the phone with Aaron, so yeah, I could have yeah, said, yeah. Well, Aaron told me that. You hey, know what I mean? Exactly. So. But yeah, it was stressful. But I was glad I was able to break it. it was well, good. here's the thing, too. You're new to social media. I know. Um, okay, so yeah. my guy, James, never, nope. ever, ever had social media. Not never. Facebook, nope. not even MySpace back nope. in the day. Nope. Uh, Instagram, no. Nope. Twitter, no. So nope. did the NFL Network make you get yeah. Twitter? So when I signed with the network, because when I first had came on and signed a deal with them, I didn't have Twitter or nothing. So whenever they would like, Show my face and say, okay, led the league in touchdowns, played nine years, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They have everybody's Twitter account and all that. Nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, so they came up to me like, James, do you have Twitter? I'm like, I have none of that. I said, I I said, I didn't have none of that when I played. I heard too many bad stories about that. People clowning people's families and stuff when you have a bad game. I said, man, I don't even want to deal with that. I don't need to know whether they're talking good or bad about me. I don't want to know nothing. So I didn't have none of that. So they were like, well, we want you to get a Twitter, you know what I mean, just so you can market yourself and things like that. So I ended up getting on Twitter, and now everybody's like, you know, we'll be sitting there, and they're like, hey, take a picture or something. What's your IG? I'm like, I don't got none of that. You better tweet that to me, man. And I just got on Twitter. <laughs> but even now, people be like, are you ever going to tweet anything? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, man, eventually I will. But I'll go like two weeks, and I won't tweet not one thing. Okay, I'm going to need you, you know to get it together. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm going to need so you to tweet about this really podcast. Okay. like a phone guy like that to be out there tweeting, checking it all the time. And IG, posting pictures, checking it all the time. 300 Ooh. has an IG, though. They do. 
that I don't know nothing about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just know they post pictures, and I might be in a couple pictures. Okay, well, it. they are promoting um, a party yes. for Saturday yes. at Myth Downtown Hall of San Fame Jose. Party, yes. yes, the official after party. Well, it's actually the San Jose State Homecoming after party. Um, what? Yeah, that's what it says on the flyer. No, no, you need to talk to no, your boys. No, you need to talk no, to no. your boys. It's all good. Just come out. But it is yes. the Hall of Fame, the yes. James Jones Hall of Fame yes, party at Myth. Uh, make sure you come yes. out with us. Um, I will be there. James will be there. 300 will be there. You'll hear it. Spartans. <laughs> okay. Ahoo, okay. All night. Oh, Lord. That is so <laughs> darn corny. Okay. So, anyways, um, let's talk about that. So, you are entering the San Jose State Football Hall of Fame tomorrow night. So, we're taping this on a Thursday. Yeah. A Thursday night. And... This is probably going to air, what, Friday? Friday night, you are going to be inducted into the San Jose State Football Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah. What does that mean to you and your family? Mm, man. Well, first, number one, I never expected it. I was Shut sitting up. at home. No, for real. Like, when I retired, yeah. I said, okay, shoot. I'm in top ten in three, four categories with the Packers. I'm like, shoot, it might be an opportunity that we could make this Packers Hall of Fame because we're in the top ten in a lot of categories. Nice. So I was thinking about that. Never once was I thinking about San Jose State. Now I was sitting on the couch one day, and that athletic director called me. And usually when they call, you know what I mean, you play it in the league, uh, everybody knows how it goes. You know, hey, can you donate this to the to the program and yeah. all that type stuff. Yeah. You know, and she called. She was like, is this James? I said, yeah, it's James. And she was like, I wanted to be the one to call you to tell you that you are going to be inducted into the San Jose State Hall of Fame. So, you know, once somebody tells you that, I'm like, my goodness, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it kind of, like I said, I wasn't expecting this, so it even made it better because it caught me off, you know, off yeah, track. So yeah. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. And then you start thinking about all the things you've been through and now, like, boom, like, you're a Hall of Famer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So something that, you know, my kids always be able to say, you know, my dad in the Hall of Fame, you know, give them something to chase and stuff like that. So thinking about, you know, all the things I've been through going up homeless, all that type yeah. stuff, and now you're a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer. So I'm honored. Yeah. I can't wait. You know what I mean? They only giving me like three, four minutes to talk tomorrow, which is probably good because I'll be up there like you, be up there for like three, four hours talking. Shut but, up. <laughs> but no, it's an honor, man. I can't wait. Okay, so um, for those who don't know, and he just mentioned it, and if you didn't listen to our trailer, then you don't know. But um, and if you don't follow James, then maybe you don't know. Uh, but yes, uh, James basically went from homelessness mm-hmm. to Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. and now a freaking. San Jose State Hall of Famer, which Crazy. is awesome. So the question I have for you is, what is a bigger accomplishment? Being a Super Bowl champion or becoming a San Jose State Hall of Famer? Oh, man. That's tough, and you just put me on the spot. No, I would, <laughs> I would have to say winning the Super Bowl because yeah. it's a team thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've you've been through OTAs, IPWs, training camps yeah, with your brothers, mm-hmm. and all for one goal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And finally, you get to the you get to the big dance, and you win that thing, and you're like, "Dang, we did it!" You know what I'm saying? And I think that probably is a little bit more special because this is really an individual individual honor, you yeah. know, which is which is cool too. But that that's a team thing, and that's something that you just all the dudes you wanted with. That's the first thing we talk about when we see each other. You know what I mean? Like, dang, man, we did it. Remember this, that, when back at Super Bowl and all that? So I would have to say winning the Super Bowl is a bigger accomplishment because, I mean, we did it as a team. All right, awesome. Let's transition to actually talking about sports and current mm-hmm. sports and current sports teams. And one team we used to play with, the Oakland Raiders. <sighs> Soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, and 3 And it seems to be the same story every week. Dominate. The first three quarters, and then yeah. find a way to lose, basically, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They've been outscored, what, 37-3 to three in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. Um, the defense has played lights out the first half yes. in every single game, and then gassed in the second half. Mm-hmm. The offense has led in the first three quarters mm-hmm. of every game, yeah. and then give it away. Yeah. This is not the same team in 2016 when Derek Carr – Led the team with, what, seven fourth-quarter comebacks. Yeah. You knew, okay, how's he going to find a way to win? How's he going to find a way to win? Now it's like, how are they going to lose? Yeah. I think the good thing is is all that you just said. Yeah. Can is it a good thing? Can, is a good thing because <laughs> when you turn on the film. Okay, here Because I've been a part of seasons like this. When you turn on the film, you're like, okay, we played a very good first half. And it's probably two or three plays that you probably wish you could have had back. Yeah. And you win that game. So that 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 is that is the good thing out of all this. The bad thing is, is they're not finishing. No. And they're not making the right adjustments after halftime to win games. They're doing all the right things in the first half, but when you go in that locker room, what are we talking about? Because you're coming out in the second half and we're not executing and we're giving up these leads. So yeah. that's the bad thing. They need to work on that halftime execution and come out and, you know, play with their hair on fire. But the good thing is, is I know when they turn on the tape, they like, dang, if this, this play and that yeah. play and that play wasn't didn't go this way, we would have won that game by 30. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So so that's the good thing, and they just got to go out there and they got to execute in the second half. Well, Marshawn Lynch actually spoke, which was very surprising after mm-hmm. the game, and he said, yeah, we're just one play away yeah. from basically being 3-0. Yeah. The good news for the Raiders, they have a lot of veteran leadership, yes, wi- which is good. good. Um, but this is the problem. They're sixth in yards per game, but 28th in points. So clearly they're either turning the ball over or just not finishing drives. Derek Carr has five interceptions Mm -hmm. through three games. That is definitely unlike Derek Carr. Yeah, he he don't turn the ball over. But then you hear, I swear, John Gruden, I know you guys talk about this on the NFL Network. It's like he's trolling everybody. But why can't we generate a pass rush? Well, I'll tell you why. Yeah, yeah. You traded away your best player, we Khalil all, Mack. And I know this know is beating why. a yeah. dead horse. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to get over yeah. this until <laughs> they draft somebody who is like Khalil Mack, which I think will never happen because he is a once-in-a-century yes. type yes. player. Yes. Usually when people build their franchise from the ground up. Yeah. 90% of the time, they start with a unbelievable pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So what are and you then you may go get your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. They had both. 
You got your franchise quarterback on offense that you build around. Yeah. You had your franchise uh, defensive end on defense that you build around. And you let him go. Like, we're forgetting this team was what? Twelve and four, and went to the playoffs. Like this, this what this team was, and they probably would have went to an yeah, AFC championship if, if, if exactly. Derek Carr was healthy. So it, it wasn't like we were rebuilding, and now it seems like you let Khalil go. Now we're in this rebuilding process. Like how are we rebuilding? And two years ago, we was twelve and four. Like we had all the right pieces. We just needed to add some more pieces in there. I've been saying. I do not know what Gruden was thinking. He's an egomaniac. That's what but he was thinking. Also, what I've been saying is okay. he better hit on these two first-round <laughs> draft picks. Exactly. Because if you go and you get two first-round draft picks that are just average. Still not going to make up for Khalil People Mack. are going to be on you no. for the rest of your tender as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. So these two first-round picks – one better be Von Miller, and <laughs> exactly. one better be Aaron Donald. Because if they're not, you are in trouble. Well, here's the thing. So my question is, because everyone goes, oh, you know, a lot of the Raider fans, they want to stay optimistic. So yeah, they want to believe that what Gruden is doing is right. Yeah. So they're saying, okay, we got two first-round draft picks, which means they have four now yeah. first-round draft picks in the next two, two years. years yeah. um, but here's my question to you. Would you trade Amari Cooper and Carl Joseph – for Khalil Mack. Yes. Shut up. You're such a liar. You <laughs> no, are a freaking liar. I would liar. not. Who you, would do that? No. Exactly. So I why are you trying to play me? I'm playing. No. I would not trade. No. Absolutely. And I that is my point. But, that is my point. And me and you have had this conversation before. I know we have. But we argued. Is, but this is what I will do. Okay. What will you do? Because when I was with the Packers. All right. We traded. And we got Clay Matthews. And B.J. Raji. And I would trade Khalil Mack for them, too. Okay. Because you get two studs. And Khalil, trust me, Khalil's my dog. He's an unbelievable How many player. times has that happened? I said he's going to be MVP How the whole league. How many times has that happened, though? It hasn't. But that's why I the said. The chances are so slim. But that's why I said right now Gruden thinks the heat is on him. But if he chooses Ugh. two bums that's at what these I'm saying. first you round already, picks, okay, it is going to be problems. Point blank, period. You knew what you were getting with Khalil Mack. Yes. Now. Yes. Now. Yes. One of the best defensive players I in the agree. NFL, if not the best defensive player I in the NFL. I absolutely agree. So why in the world would you do that? It's called he was an egomaniac. He was mad that uh, Khalil Mack wasn't answering his phone or talking to him. And then he tried to have that soundbite. What was it for Monday Night Football? About like he didn't want to play here. Yeah. First of all, Khalil Mack wanted to play here. I've talked to Khalil yeah. multiple times. He wanted to be an Oakland Raider for life. Well, a Raider, because yeah. obviously they're going to Las Vegas. Um, it was all about money for Khalil, obviously. I mean, not all about money. He wanted a team that would want them. He would have took less guaranteed money and a little bit less money to be an Oakland Raider. Out of all the things that Gruden said, that was one of the ones that kind of hurt me the most when he said that Khalil Mack didn't want to be a Raider. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took that a little personal because, like I said on TV before, I played with Khalil Mack, extremely close with Khalil Mack. Everybody in that locker room that has played with Khalil Mack knows what kind of teammate Khalil was. Knows Unbelievable how teammate. Khalil Mack 
sold out every single Sunday. We was 0-10 and all the only bright spot on our team when we came into meetings was Khalil Mack. Yep. Like the DA would come in there and be like, look at this kid playing we down by 30. His motor was ridiculous. And he going like we, like mm -hmm. if he sacked the quarterback, we're going to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just the type of yeah, person. Yep. And so yep. when I heard that, I'm like, don't do Khalil like that because you ain't never met Khalil. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that one kind of struck me a little bit. I'm like, okay, if you wanted to trade him, just say, listen, we wasn't communicating. We felt like this was the best for our team to let him go. Yeah. And just, boom, be done with it. But yeah. don't say he ain't want to be a Raider and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Because you had chances to pay him and get him in there. All right. So now, though, the Browns come to town. Baker, Baker? Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. Baker, Money Mayfield, yes. and the Browns. The 1-1-1 one and one and one Browns one and one and one. Yes. versus the 0-3 Raiders. And obviously, Baker has this team energized, mm -hmm. confident, and I always say he confident. He got me energized I, and confident because I'm a believer in yeah, Baker. Yeah, <laughs> and confidence breeds success. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen this Sunday? I'm kind of torn because I don't want to believe that the Raiders are going to go 0-4. Yes. I think that if you they go 0-4, then... Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. This is going to be... Yeah. yeah, they're done <laughs> for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't want to believe that that's going to happen. Yeah, I need them to have I'm some kind of bright spot, and it's going to be obviously in Oakland. Um, Hugh Jackson's coming to town. Yeah. But I still think, oh, my goodness, that Browns defense is arguably are one of the they, best in the NFL. Yeah, they're playing ball right now. They're and then you got Baker Mayfield on the other side. Yes. What do you think is going to happen this Sunday? Well, I'm kind of with you, Fallon. Being on the Raiders, playing for the Raiders, I do not want to see them go on four. <laughs> um, but as I look at this game, I think about Hugh Jackson yeah. and him basically is his offense, even though Todd Haley's calling the plays. Yeah. And he's going up against a familiar face on the defensive side of the ball because they coached together at Cincinnati for a long time. So something is telling me that he is going to put Baker in some great – situations because he's practiced in training camp for years against this defensive coordinator, knows kind of the calls that he loves and what he's going to do, and I feel like Baker's going to have a huge game. I know, me too. And I feel like <laughs> the Raiders are going to be looking at 0-4 eh. and everybody the heat is really going to be turned up on Gruden. Because let's not get it wrong. Yeah, you got Baker and everybody excited about Cleveland, but in fans' mind, they still Cleveland, and we yeah, better exactly. not lose to Cleveland. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's at home. So the Raiders need to get this done, but that does scare me because Hugh Jackson going up against his old DC, he'll probably have some plays to out of for him. And this is the problem with the Raiders: the Raiders are not like they're supposed to be in "quote unquote" rebuilding mode, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what we're, everybody is saying. But they have all veterans, so it's not like they're rebuilding yeah. with all these young guys who yeah. they're developing. Yeah. They don't have these young guys that they're developing. They have all these veterans right yeah. now. So so for me, if I was a Raider fan, which, okay, full disclosure, I grew up a Raiders fan, so I'm pissed yeah. off right now. <laughs> um, I am just thinking this season, especially if they lose this game, it, it's a wash. Like, Gruden, what the hell are you thinking? Are you really the right guy to turn this franchise around? You have made terrible decisions, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's kind of my mind right now. Um, but I want to let you guys know, Ted Wynn, he is also part of the Blue Wire family, and he has a podcast called Coffee House Stunt, and he dives deep into the Raiders, you know, what went right, 
what went wrong. He talks a lot of X's and O's. So make sure you subscribe to Coffee House Stunt Podcast. Uh, real quick, we're going to wrap up, um, but I can't finish without speaking real quick about the 49ers um, and give a shout out to our guy, Kevin Jones, uh, the homie. He is the one who started Blue Wire, the reason why we're actually even doing this podcast in the first place. And he does a podcast every week about the 49ers, and it's called The Kevin Jones Podcast. So make sure you tune into that and subscribe on iTunes. So right now, Jay, 49ers 1 and 2. They lose Jimmy G for the season, and now they are on the road to face the Chargers. This season, let's just be honest, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, what realistically is a realistic yeah. record for I them think, to finish? I think if they can find a way to go 6-10, and 10, yeah. 7-9, and nine, I think that's a bonus. Okay. I think that's a good season, losing your starting quarterback. Your team was built around, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy G, so – Six and ten, seven and nine. I think you could go into the offseason feel feeling good about yourself, knowing that you're gonna get your starting quarterback back. Yeah. And now we go and we get some draft picks that can go along with Jimmy G, and maybe get some draft picks on that uh, on that defense, and then try to come and compete again next year. It's just crazy because entering the season, <clears throat> you thought they had two really powerful offensive players to build around, which mm-hmm. is Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, mm-hmm. signed him to a big contract. And then you pick up Jarek McKinnon, yeah. and then both of them I know, tear their freaking yeah. ACLs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So for Kyle Shanahan, what do you do? What do you do as a head coach now? You, your guy's down, and uh, now you have to try to win a game and win games with C.J. Beathard. Well, you got to go out. The good thing is that C.J. been there for a couple years, so he knows his scheme, you know, so he could come in and, you know, really – run the same system. It's not like you got to, okay, say, look, we brought this kid in off the streets. He don't know the playbook. We got to minimize it. So you can still go out there and do everything you want to do. Yeah, he may not be able to make some of the throws Jimmy G made, but you still can run the same offense. And as a coach, man, you just got to try to find a ways to win and let your players know that, look, we're not tanking this season. We're trying to go out here. We're still trying to win, win ball games. If we play good defense, you know what I'm saying? Get some turnovers, get the ball back to to CJ, then we can – we can make some make some plays. As a coach, that's all you could do. Yeah, no doubt about that. I hope <laughs> I hope for everybody's sake, all fans' sake, and uh, also Kevin Jones, who does the 49ers podcast uh, sake, that the 49ers do at least try to win a few games. I know a lot of uh, fans, it's kind of split. Like, some fans want you to tank the season to get a high yeah. draft pick and win, what, three games. But if you win six or seven, that's obviously momentum going into the, the following season. And then we get more clicks because no they're players, actually winning games. No players are ever tanking games. True. We, we said before this podcast even started that I was on the Raiders and we were 0-10. And every single game we went to from game one to game 16, <laughs> I was walking into that locker room like, we finna blow to whoever we playing out today. You know what I mean? I just had that confidence. It is no tanking it. You feel like you're going to win every game. You okay, know and I mean? being on the other side of that, Jay, yeah. I remember 2014 and how terrible it was for me because yeah. I had you? to do – No, hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I had to do the official Raiders – press conference show and post game show right yeah. and I had to do that means 
10 straight. And yeah. by the way, it's actually 16 straight because y'all lost. Well, not you because you were with the team. Yeah. But in 2013, lost the final, what, six games, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And so of the 2013 season. So I did 16 straight losing post-game yeah. shows and had to go in the locker room and get guys to freaking walk outside yeah, and talk to me. Yeah. Do you know how terrible that was? Yeah, I know. And that's they asked the same questions. Yeah, ask nobody the same wants to talk questions. about yeah, nobody wants to hear the same questions and talk about losing again. But I was with the Packers for seven years. Mm-hmm. Was in the playoffs all seven. <laughs> so you went there, you're right. Then I came and seen myself <laughs> 0 and 10. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never once did I regret my decision. I mean, I love playing for the Raiders, but yeah. I'm like, dang, man, I'm not used to this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was extremely hard. Because like I said, every single game I thought we were going to win. Like, we were 0-4. I'm like, oh, we're going to win next week. Don't worry about it. We'll be 1-4. Then 2-4. We're going to win the division. I'm t- you know what I mean? We're going to win. The- I was just confident in my team. and You know what I mean? Like, we're going to win. I ain't thinking about taking nothing. I'm like, should we right there? Just like Marshawn and Sam, man, one or two plays, we're going to be in the game. You know, we be right there. And it just it never came, man. But the best – I'm telling you, man, when we beat Kansas City, I'm telling you, that was probably – that, they felt like the Super Bowl. It was close to the Super Bowl. I'm like, finally, we ain't finna be out here 0-16. We not. We won one when we beat Kansas City. So, it felt good. That's when Coach Pirano took over, huh? Yeah. Rest in peace, man. No, man. He was crazy. such an amazing guy. Oh, Lord. Coach Pirano would text me after and before every single game. Just like, I mean, we could lose. It'd be like, I'm proud of you. Just keep grinding. Just keep pounding. We're going we gonna to get it done. After every game, you're a heck of a leader. Just keep going. We need you. He you was really um, old school. You said yeah, he was, and he was a player's coach. He'd get on you, but, man, he wanted the best for his players. And you knew it. When you stepped on the field, you knew, like, man, coach arrived for me. I, man, me and coach in the dark alley, we coming out that thing. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's, it was tough when I seen that man. I heard that he I'm was like, so man, young. Yeah, I, just, so. I just can't believe it. It makes me like scared. You know, my dad who's sixty nine. It's like he was what fifty eight years I know. old. Oh, life is crazy. Yeah. Rest in peace, Absolutely. Tony Sperano. He was the bomb. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um, I don't mean to end on such a somber yeah. note, uh, but I hope you enjoyed the debut of yes. Keeping It Three Hundred. Part of the Blue Wire family. Um, hope you listen to it every week and also subscribe. Next week, we'll ask you guys um, to tweet us your questions. So make sure you subscribe so your question can be answered here on Keep It It 300. You can find us on iTunes. For James, I'm Fallon. We out. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.